You could be anywhere in the world, but you're here with me. And I appreciate that, man. Combo Nation. <laughs> Welcome to episode 408 of Combos Court. And I am Combo. If you would like to receive bonus Combos Court content, check out the Patreon page. I'll leave a link in the show notes for that. Share this episode. Share with a friend. Share it on social media, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. Share it on your IG stories and tag me on there at you know it. One, two, Combo. That's O-N-E. T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Today's show, Coach Nick of B-Ball Breakdown joins in to talk NBA and more. Quick note, we recorded this one before the Jordan Poole Draymond news came out. Keep that in mind while you listen, but great episode nonetheless. Always great having Coach Nick on the show. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. ball breakdown welcome to combos court welcome back to combos court shall i say man what's new <laughs> well uh you know i'm just traveling around the midwest right now i was in madison wisconsin and now i'm in chicago and uh you know just trying to get my and my uh batteries recharged before the damn season starts i heard you took an early look when it comes to the warriors didn't you oh yeah before even that i was in uh, san francisco for a couple days and got a chance to sort of, uh, uh, you know, figure out what's happening on the court with them. It's pretty interesting. So my question to you is, with all this young talent they have, and obviously they'll never replace players like Draymond, Steph, and Clay. do you feel gradually that the team will change its style of play over the years? Um, well, I mean, I think as long as Steve Kerr is the coach, there's probably getting some fundamental, um, you know, baseline things like, they probably won't lead the league in pick and roll, for instance. Right. Um, and, you know, with the guys like Jordan Poole and then you toss in, you know, um, Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga, it's kind of like a nice, really nice puzzle pieces. They're all fitting together for a nice continuity. And, you know, obviously the one thing that's different, I don't know if you got a chance to watch the game in Japan, but, um, you know, James Wiseman had a, a, a bunch of points. And so I went through and kind of looked at what he was doing and, Oh my lord! This like everything I've been saying for two years or whatever it's been uh, is, is 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 just been it's confirmed in my mind that he is going to be a future All Star. He gives them things they have not had ever uh, from that position athletically. That um, you know, and plus he can shoot the ball uh, mid range. He can shoot it. We've seen that, and he hit a three or he shot a three and he hit one. Like he, the, all of those things are really really positive. And, you know, they can they can run pick and roll and lob to him. He can just throw it down and he can finish so well around the rim, much better than a guy like Kevon Looney. So the real question is, is can he, through osmosis, figure out how to play defense like Looney, like Draymond? And I got to tell you, with those two guys around to tutor him well, uh, I have no reason to believe that he's not like in, in, you know, intuitive about it. He's not um, studious with what he's trying to accomplish defensively. And he looks at the game like that. And he's very smart. So I, I'm telling you, this kid, this kid's going to be the, the 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 guy. Yeah, I mean, you've been high on him for a while, and there's a world that he could help them in the playoffs this season. Do you think there'll have to be some adjustment from with Steph Curry, 
Clay and Draymond because he seems like he's going to be a lot better of an offensive player than Looney, or do you think he'll just have to sacrifice his first few years? Uh, yeah, I think a little bit. I mean, you know, the, it's a an embarrassment of riches for the Warriors here because they they have a deep team. And I actually tweeted out last week that um, the Warriors might have improved more than anybody else uh, in the offseason. And that's they didn't even have to add anybody. Now, they lost GP2 and they lost um, Otto Porter. But they're going to replace that with some of these young guys who are going to make, you know, young mistakes. Moody and Kaminga, you know, the lack of experience and, and certainly uh, Wiseman as well. But um, I think they're going to probably be able to get away with playing Curry, you know, maybe 30 minutes tops. And Clay 30 minutes, maybe Draymond 30. So they almost kind of have to if they want to develop. Uh, the young guys, they're going to need their 20 some minutes a game to really develop, let them make some mistakes. Maybe they lose a game or two on the margins because of that, but it'll all be in service of getting enough experience for the playoffs. And um, I would imagine this is the, this is it. This is the season where they're going to get a lot of opportunities, a lot of seasoning. Plus they're going to have somebody like Steph Curry to make them a lot better uh, than they would normally be. So I'm, I'm excited. I think this is going to be a, a really fun year for them. And I think that, um, you know, again, they're, I mean, they just won a title and they've got better. So this is going to be an interesting season for them. So do you think the season will be somewhat of a balancing act for the veterans where some kind of load management, but also keeping them in enough rhythm for the playoffs and hopefully the finals? I would hope that they wouldn't do just a full game off kind of load management as much for like Steph, but just like limit the minutes. Remember when he won the MVP this first time, I think he didn't, he didn't play in fourth quarters, like half the season. And it's it's possible. I mean, listen, the only thing is this the league is better than it was then. And there are fewer teams taking uh, better teams toward the bottom. So they might struggle to have blowouts like they did in, in those years. And so that's going to be the interesting balancing act for Steve Kerr. Um, and again, I think he's focused on getting those guys those minutes and developing as much as they can. Um, you know, results be damned uh, until they get the results, which could happen, you know, yeah, by the end, by the uh, halfway mark of the season, that might be the, what they need, get enough seasoning, and then they'll, they can take off. So watch for maybe a slower start in the beginning and then uh, really come on toward the end of the year. Do you feel that the, the bottom tier teams in the NBA are more exciting than ever before. Cause I kind of feel that way. And I guess some of it has to do with tanking. And I know tanking is a word that not everybody likes, or they don't want to see teams do. But when you look at some of these bottom teams, Detroit, Houston, OKC, Orlando. Orlando, I feel like there's a lot of fun teams and a lot of really good players that could become great players when it comes uh, as the, as these years come along, you know? For sure. I mean, I, I did the video on Orlando being the most fun team in the league this year or going to be. Um, so I firmly believe that they're going to be able to compete. Uh, you, you, you could throw Detroit maybe in that, you know, in that realm. As well. Don't you think they're going to don't you think they're going to be a better team than Orlando with Cade Cunningham leading the way? I mean, they should be. But right. who knows if Ben Carroll, you know, I think he's going to win rookie of the year. And, you know, they got other guys got better. Um, Orlando could be in the mix for those 40 some amount of wins. Then we got to figure out where Detroit's going to land because I'd imagine they'd be if Orlando plays above its head, like I think that they could, and they're still and they, they don't want to tank because I don't think they do. Um, you know, Detroit's going to have uh, their hands full <laughs> trying to stay in front of them. How do you feel about Houston? I think they got a lot of young, really good players, and Jamari, Jabari Smith Jr. was showing the hezzy three the other night. Um, I think they're really interesting. KPJ, 
Uh, Jalen Green, obviously. I like Elprin Shangun, even though he gravitates to the post in the modern NBA. I think his skill set and his feel is so high that it won't matter that he plays a little bit more like a traditional big. What's your feel on that team? You know, that, that fun could be a, a good word for them. Uh, they don't know how to win. They probably don't know how to close. So, you know, you can have those games where they up, they're up by 20 in the midway through the second quarter and then lose the game. You know, you might see a lot of those where they go on runs, they look great, whatever, and then it slowly falls apart as the veterans, you know, take back control of the game. So it's just that's kind of the feel I have for the kind of players they have, the kind of experience they have. So, you know, they're, they're a couple of years off, but, you know, they certainly – uh, don't lack for scoring talent. They have a lot of ability to put the ball in the basket from across different uh, positions. Uh, yeah, Shango and I love as well down there. He's really crafty, really clever, could pass the ball. Um, yeah, they, they have guys that can do some things, but I don't see it as really a cohesive team. And, you know, a team that's going to be able to stick together down the stretch of tough games to pull it out. Alprin is really a savant in the post. In the modern NBA, we don't use the post game as much, but his footwork is just impeccable. Yeah, I I, he, I owe him a video. I've been meaning to do that for a while. So, um, you know, maybe this year I'll get it done this before the year is over. Did you get a chance to watch Ben Simmons play preseason basketball? We see Ben in uniform, Coach Nick. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. The first thing I did when I watched a bunch of the clips that he was involved in was to look at what they were ranked last year in pace. Because it seems clear to me with Kyrie, KD, and ben Simmons out there together – um, the pace should be extremely high. It better be high. I, I'm kind of confused if they wouldn't be. Last year, the Nets were 11th, and that's that's too low. They should be a lot faster now because it seems like those are the best uh, examples of uh, good shots they're going to get. It's Ben Simmons either filling a lane and then getting the quick pass for a finish or him leading the break and then hitting like Kyrie or KD. Uh, and then Kyrie looks really good. You know, he looked probably the best of any of them. Um, just touch, feel, vision. Um, they were connecting with each other, which is nice to see Simmons, KD, and Kyrie were kind of getting involved. There was some motion in the offense, which is nice to see. So uh, there's a lot of things that were very encouraging that's going to make them a very, very tough team. Biomechanically, how did you feel Ben was moving that first game? People were texting me that he's slower, that he's not as explosive. I'm like, it's his first game back. And they tell me, oh, he's not in shape. It's his job to be in shape. But there's nothing like playing NBA basketball. And I think I think he'll get there. And I thought he's moving pretty well. Obviously, the lift on the dunks wasn't like it used to be. But I think he'll get there. Yeah, I, I would think so, too. Uh, you know, we had his typical awkward right-handed shots around the basket a little bit. Uh, those aren't going anywhere. Uh, the off-foot right-handed foot, uh, you know, runners um you know you know and a couple of clunky uh, a turnover or two in there that was just off but but it felt definitely like first game back after a long time let me get my feet underneath me let me get my rhythm so i if that's the baseline that's like the low point here of like coming back after that long layoff i, I think they're in really good shape but he, he definitely will will develop better and, and get better uh and get better feel get 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 better legs as well so um, I, I think this will be a, a good team. I, you know, again, it's kind of hard to feel. I saw Claxton out there, so they're playing Simmons, I guess, at the uh, the two. It's kind of hard to figure that out, too. If it's Kyrie and Simmons, KD and Claxton, and now I'm forgetting who the fifth starter was. Um, was it was it Royce O'Neal start? Um, I think I he did. Yeah. So, I so, you know, technically he'd be like two, but, you know, so it's interesting to see so, how that's going to be together. So I feel like for them, the best case scenario would be Ben could play point when they're pushing in transition, but the five and the half court, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. That could work. I mean, they, they, they might be reluctant to 
play him without a guy like Claxton alongside him. So then he's technically not the five on offense or in the half court in theory. But uh, I did like how Kyrie and uh, Simmons seems to do a decent job sort of sharing the ball and bringing it up. I didn't see any kind of, you know, um, strife there where one guy was pissed or didn't get the ball when he wanted to. And that's going to be make the team better because now the defense is going to have a little trouble keying in on one or the other because they're going to bury who's bringing it up, who's initiating. And that just that should make them better overall. Four out of the five top MVP guys when it comes to Vegas, at least our international guys. What does that mean for USA basketball where it currently stands? Should this be a wake-up call, you think? Well, it, the only thing is four out of five don't all play for the same team internationally. And if they did, then absolutely look out. But you, you make a good point, and I've been saying it, it took a lot longer than I thought, but you know, we've been thinking the next Michael Jordan was going to come from some other country. And, you know, here we are times four um, or, or almost that level. So there's no question that'll continue to change and or, or rise the number of foreign pl- uh, players who are elite in the NBA. So um, just the question is, is, you know, when do they get three of those guys on the same team? Uh, it's probably going to be the turning point. And, that, and then that might happen in one year. We might get two teams that will have three bona fide NBA, you know, star, really good player, and then a role player. That might be enough if they play together long enough while they're growing up and developing uh, to set, start seeing the USA just not being able to win that gold every time. So we see, and I think it shows, it showed a little bit what happened recently with um, the 36ers defeating the Suns. I think like 20 years ago, an international team would show like a, they'd be a little bit more happy after the game. Um, it looked like just 36ers just walked off the court like they were supposed to win that game. But mm-hmm. um, what does this mean for this? I wasn't totally surprised. I mean, these international teams are pretty good. And like I've been saying for a while, like especially when it comes to bucket getters, they're all over the world. So you're going to have guys that score on international teams because that's the hardest way to make the league. And there's just a lot of those guys around playing on other, you know, if you're like six, eight, cause it slides your feet and hit the three, there's more spots for you in the NBA. If you're a bucket getter, there's less spots. It's just the way it is. I wasn't so surprised that an international team could beat um, an NBA team on any given night, especially when the team's best players aren't playing a great win nonetheless. But does this mean anything for the Suns, or you just take it with a grain of salt? I mean, it's a little bit of both. I mean, there was a couple of runs where they got a bunch against the, uh, you know, the unknowns that that may or may not even make the team for the Suns. But, uh, you know, Aiton was guilty several times of blowing your coverages. Uh, the team itself was not doing well switching-wise. Chris Paul even amongst all that stuff. Because I was looking at all the threes and how they, got them, how they made them. And, um, you know, it, it doesn't – I think this might be a really troubling year for the Suns. I really hate to say it. The owner is now kicked out. He's got to sell a team. Um, you know, this Aiton thing, uh, it, it, there's probably more to the story where Monty hadn't talked to him at all in the offseason. It's a little bit strange for a guy who, you know, prides himself, I think, uh, on communication with his players. Very, very strange that he wouldn't have done that and they came out publicly as it is. So um, the fact that it was like Aiden kind of screwing up again on defense like he was, you know, uh, he's going to have to tread lightly to, to make the point in the film session the next day if they, if they did go through it. And um, so I, I don't know. I don't feel good about the Suns team. I feel like this could easily blow up and, uh, and, and cost some people some jobs. Coach Nick, great stuff. Uh, what videos are on the way, man? Could you tell us anything? Could you... Could you let the yeah. cat out the bag? Well, traveling, I've been like, I've been pulling my hair out to figure this out. I, I do like, what was I watching? Um, I'm watching the Knicks and the Pistons, and I was like, oh, I should do a video 
on something that, gosh, that caught my eye. But um, I think I'm going to do a video on, on maybe a couple, like what I'm seeing right now, what teams are running. There's probably going to be some interesting wrinkles to some things I want to overview mm -hmm. of. I want to go through some half-court sets that way. Uh, I have a really big video I've been trying to do for two weeks now on Steph and how Steph changed the NBA. And it's going to be a really good video. It's going to encompass his whole uh, career and wow. explain what he did and how he affected the NBA and then how the, the length of time it took for them to kind of catch up and do what he was doing. Um, and so that should be the, that's the big one. And then from there, you know, I'm sure some storylines are emerging uh, from the preseason already. And then, you know, before we know it, it's going to be the regular season. I've been saying it for a while, the three biggest factors when it comes to the modern NBA and the way the game is played today is analytics, the international game and Steph Curry himself. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I hope that he goes, he goes down with the kind of credit he deserves. Oh, yeah. Because, uh, you know, he is the guy. And, you know, I know the uh, you know the Rockets kind of took this over and wanted to make it more analytical. And, and as a team, increased the three-point frequency. But uh, it's clear that Steph was the guy who, who started it all. And you know what? He kind of started to do it. Uh, it. What's interesting is there are major jumps he makes from one year to the next uh, it, it, during certain points of his career, one of which was when, you know, Clay begins to start alongside him so that was sort of fascinating and that's when you know mark jackson was still there so you know there's some interesting things there how that sort of works and then uh we'll continue to see steph push the boundaries for three-point frequency i mean he's in the 60s at this point in his career and he might push that to 70 before he's done coach nick we're recording on a tuesday night so we'll be recording a live show in a little bit it's always great recording live shows with you coach dick and thank you for taking the time for joining hey, in on this pleasure. episode of Combo's Court. It's a good warm-up for our show after this. Most definitely. Talk to you in a little bit. You got it. There it is, another episode of Combo's Court. Thank you to everyone who tunes into the show across the globe. Punch down on that subscribe button if you haven't already. Big thanks to Coach Nick for joining in. We appreciate you. Go subscribe to Beatball Breakdown on YouTube. Combo Nation, don't forget to rate and review wherever you listen to Combo's Court. And if you would like to receive bonus Combo's Court content, check out the Combo's Court Patreon page. I'll leave a link in the show notes for that. Be on the lookout for episode 409. Combo, out.